questions. Hi. Hi. It's just me today. So sorry. It's just Anna Valenzuela and my guest. I always let people identify themselves however they see fit. Some people like to try to stay anonymously on this podcast. Um, so how would you like to identify yourself today? Hi, I'm Zara Khan. Yeah. And I'm a female. And you can call me she and her. I like that. I like that. Since Okay, so I've been doing this podcast since... 2015 oh and no yeah I, well no 2015 2016 somewhere in there and that question has evolved over because i would just say what do you want to call yourself and people are just like oh my name and now almost every time somebody mentions their like you can say he or she or like they they kind of it's it's kind of amazing yeah it's dope it's progression right yeah i know i'm yeah. just not, like I'm welcoming it. You know what I mean? Like, let's just, let's just be, let's just move with the times. It's fine. Yeah. Let's go. Go, go, go. Let's go, go, go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm so excited to have you here. You're my first um, TED Talk person. Oh, I'm just That's gonna, we're, we're gonna start right there. Yeah. TED you, Talk. You have an incredible TED Talk on mental health. Yes, I do. It's yeah, it's it's really amazing. Um, how did how did that process all get started? You mean like the process of getting the TED Talk or the process of doing the TED Talk or coming up with a TED Talk? I don't know. That's a lot of things. Whatever you want to answer, okay, whatever talk. your process is. And like, you know, your tell people about it. OK, cool. By the way, I've never been on a podcast before. So this uh, is your first podcast. Yeah. <gasps> And you're a comedian? Yeah. Oh, man. I feel like, oh, man, if I had known, I w- it would have been even more like, we, oh, my gosh. <laughs> that's like, that's such a big experience. Well, welcome to your first podcast, guys. Get Thank her here. Zara Khan, first podcast, whatever. Yeah. 12 questions. We got her. Clap it up, guys. Clap, Clap it, up. it up. Well, you're a comedian, so you're going to have 12 podcasts by the end of the month anyway. So. Okay, sweet. Sweet. This is just the start. Just to start. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, TED Talk. TED so, Talk. Uh, let's see. Uh, I've got this comedian mentor person. Uh, his name's Frank King. He's cool. He's been doing comedy like 35 years. He wow. lives in Oregon. Um, I won this award and he was the speaker slash comedian at the award ceremony. So I met him and I was like, hey, I want to be a comedian. I want to do public speaking. I want to be a mental health advocate. He gave me his card and he's like, call me and then we'll talk. And then we talked for an hour the first time I called him. And then we just kept talking. And that's been like two, two and a half years of knowing him. That's amazing. What a gift, by the way. And he's done like six TED Talks. So you should go watch them all. Binge watch them. Okay. Like you binge watch TV shows. Exactly. Yeah. I will. I'll binge watch a TED Talk. I have yeah. a little app on my Apple TV. <laughs> I will binge watch a TED Talk because when I'm doing like when I'm doing stuff um, around my house or whatever, I like to put good information in my brain because podcasts kind of make me feel numb a little bit yeah. as I do a podcast. But like <laughs> they feel me like I like to put like audio. It was a guest on here, uh, JF Harris. I like to do like audiobooks and stuff that's like informative. So I'll fucks with the TED Talk. Yeah, I go for it. Yes, I will as well. <laughs> Yeah, which I guess I did. Yeah, you really did. I'm going to do it again. Did I tell you I'm doing a second TED Talk? No, congratulations. Oh, okay. Well, I I should probably talk about the first one first. Okay, anyway, Frank, I I told Frank, I'm like, I have this idea for a TED Talk. And then my TED Talk is called Relapse is Part of Recovery. Right. 
Now, um, it's a phrase from addiction, and like I don't really go into much detail about it because mm-hmm. if you look at me, which you can't because you're listening, but if you go on Facebook and you look for Zara Khan, I guess I don't typically look like someone who abuses alcohol. Yeah. But that's something that I did pretty heavily in college, and it created a lot of damage. And so I really like the idea of relapse as part of recovery yeah. in the addiction world. And I said, you know what? I think this can apply to everyone. Mm-hmm. And so what I brought in it to mean is that the lowest points in our lives are not times to be ashamed of. It's times where we need support. And that yeah. was my call to action. And I said that relapses happen, you know, in careers, in schooling, in relationships, and all aspects of life. In comedy, in comedy, guys, in comedy, yeah. relapses happen. Relapse is part of recovery. So that's why I did that. Um, and so uh, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to say that I'm getting, my talk is getting popular enough that I'm getting haters. So, Hilarious. So, uh, what what kind of hate do people have for your <laughs> TED Talk? That's insane. You're not reading the YouTube comments, are you? I, I, I was for... Sarah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Don't read the YouTube comments. I know. I've read, I kid you not, I have read a total maybe of four YouTube comments in my entire career. And I have a couple of videos out there with a lot of comments. And I read three of them and I was like, "Mm, (laughs) this is not my, I called my sponsor right away and she was like, she was like, okay, from here on out, you're not allowed to read any internet feedback. Internet feedback is dead to you because those people aren't real. Yeah. That's smart. Yeah. After I started getting the hate comments, and actually, it was after I saw Wreck It Ralph two. Okay. Ralph breaks the internet. Did you see that? I haven't seen it yet, and I've been meaning to because friend of the podcast, Danny Fernandez, is on that. On that, uh, she's in the movie. Cool. As herself. Oh wow. Yeah, she's canon now. You can cosplay as Danny Fernandez. Oh wow. Yeah. Hot. I know, right? <laughs> Sexy Dane Hernandez. Dana. Yeah. Da- uh, Danny. 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 Yeah, Danny she's the most. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Sweet. I got to look it up. I'm yeah. going to look it up, Danny, if you ever listen to this. So Wreck-It Ralph came out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it said um, there was like a big scene. Wait, can I tell you what it is? Yeah. Okay, guys, I'm going to tell a spoiler. So if you don't want to hear it, tune out for like 60 seconds. Yeah, oh, yeah. Just take your take your skip button and go ahead. 30 seconds and then 30 seconds and then it's over. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Here we go. Three, okay. two, one. Spoiler time. Okay. So this is what happened is that like Ralph is like getting popular on the internet and then he walks into this, this area and he starts to read all the comments and like the comments are really <gasps> no. mean. And so he gets super like, like dejected. And this other lady was like, like Ralph that's the number one rule on the internet. Don't read the comments. Never read the comments. And so uh, that's when it clicked to me. Like, I yeah. can't read the comments. I can't do it. Oh, yeah. Do you have like a desk area at home where you like do your computer stuff? Or are you just yeah. like, a, I would hang a picture of, Rick, of Ralph <laughs> like on there. <laughs> I'm all about a visual cue. <laughs> that's true. I wish there was like a little app or something where like as you open up YouTube, like Rick and Ralph will like pop out and be like, don't read the comments. Don't read the comments. Yeah. I bet there is. I bet there's some sort of like comment blocker, like uh, Google extension. There oh, has yeah. to be. If there isn't and you're listening to this and you're a computer person, can you make that for comedians and all around the world? And we get 10% of profit because we came up with the idea. Exactly. Exactly. I will expect to be paid in Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> But no, I, I, I love, 
um, I, I really related a lot to it, um, especially because I've had in my own, you know, uh, drug and alcohol journey, I have not, I have yet to relapse. However, I've had emotional relapses. I've had, um, in the last, uh, in the last few years, I had a weird moment where I got very sick and then my career got really popping all at once. And I got, um, I had a, a big resurgence between like the physical, the mental and the spiritual strain. I had a big resurgence of, a of my anxiety disorder. I started having mm-hmm. panic attacks again. And, um, just recently I had to surrender to like getting some outside help and mm-hmm. having a little, having a little medication intervention. And, um, and that's been really helpful. It's like when the, the pervasive, um, when the rumination starts with the anxiety, it's like all of a sudden the volume just goes down and just goes like in my brain. I'll be like, that's the thought. Oh, it went away as opposed to like, I'd get stuck. And there was, I have 16 years clean and there, thank you. And I had overcome anxiety before through therapy and, and diet and, and, uh, and exercise Mm -hmm. I was doing, and I was doing all the right things, but this time I couldn't get over that hump without that help. And I had a a pang of shame about Mm -hmm. it. You know what I mean? There's a part of me that's like, what you know, that when you talk about that in your TED talk about there's um, stigma. Mm. And while I would never shame or or judge anyone externally for that, yeah. I was really judging myself. Yeah, yeah. And so it took me a really long time to surrender to the fact that like, no, this is real. And what it was is I did a show and I was, I did something I sang during my performance. It was a roast show and I got really nervous and then I felt myself disassociate. I was having full conversations with people, but I was just not in my body. Mm-hmm. And when I came back, I threw up mm. and I was like, I have to be able to do my job. Yeah, I have to be able to do my job. That's just, this is just practical at this point. So yeah. I am so grateful that you shared that and that, that you, when somebody was, we were on an internet forum and you posted that, I watched it right away and I was just like, oh wow, this is exactly what I went through and to understand that like we have a phrase in my 12 step program, you don't shoot your wounded. And Mm -hmm. like, I wouldn't, I was shooting myself basically Mm -hmm. for not, you know, for not being able to um, find that balance and write my brain chemistry on my own. Yeah. You know, so I really, really, it's really powerful. If you guys have not looked it up, I will, I will post a link in the, in the, the show comments so folks can watch it it's really powerful so thank you for that yeah you can also just youtube relapse as part of recovery and then a brown woman with a bright orange t-shirt will pop up Mm -hmm. with a couple of hate comments but don't read the comments don't read the comments if you do read the comments just like you know, if you do read the comments, just like put something nasty, like just not nasty. I don't want to increase negative energy in the world, but just be like, hey, bros, like <laughs> shut up, <laughs> you know, like STFU. Exactly. Yeah. And then that's it. But you're, I mean, regardless, I, and I think that's the important part is you probably had more people tell you face to face how powerful and important it was for them. I practiced the talk 22 times. Wow. Before I did it, I went to like local mental health centers. I went to Toastmasters. I went to Lions Clubs. I went to my work. Nice. I, I did everything. I tried it as much as possible to make sure that it worked. Yeah. And um, 
I mean, the talk is also, it's it's some heavy self-disclosure, like, yeah, I, I talk about my own mental illness, I talk about um, my multiple suicide attempts, um, I mentioned a bit about my sobriety, I have six and a half years now. Hey! Thank yay. you, thank you. Clap it up at home, guys, clap it's it up! <laughs> so, um, I talk a little bit about that, uh, but I focus more on the mental health, and, um, yeah, I just talk about how in my life I had four relapses, uh, but I talk about, well, what did I learn from them? And what did I gain from yeah. them? And I, in the process of making the TED Talk, I, I interviewed five, 50 people um, about their stories, and that's when I saw that relapse is a, a reoccurring theme in everyone's life. Oh, yeah. Like everyone. Everyone has had some sort of rock bottom. Well, mostly everyone. Babies probably don't, but I don't know. I'm not a baby, but yeah. I don't know. I was pretty convinced my boyfriend's had a pretty charmed life. And I told you somebody stole his car battery the other day and um, he was so devastated. And I almost said out, he, I think he said it out loud. He was like, bad stuff like this just doesn't happen to me. And I was just like, <laughs> oh my God. I was like, call AAA, we'll be fine. Like, it's no, like, it's no big deal. You have insurance for a reason. Chill out. <laughs> but yeah, that's, you're right. Everybody, everybody falls down. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think what you're talking about, how like whenever you disassociated and you threw up, and that's whenever it clicked you, like, oh, I, I need, mm-hmm. this is my job. It's it's kind of that whole, um, like, quote, unquote, rock bottom that happens to people yeah. is that what's when change really happens. Um, like, you really have to lose a lot or lose everything a lot of times before you see what you need to do. And unfortunately, as you lose things, other people can lose hope in you. And so they'll walk out on you. And so my talk was like, look, when someone's falling and they're losing things, don't let them lose you too. be there for them because it's you who's going to help them get back up on their feet. And everyone deserves that. Yeah. 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 And there is a way to be present. I struggle with that sometimes, especially with my family. Jesus, like, there's a way to be present in a person's life and not because we say carry the message, not the addict. And Mm -hmm. I had to practice that with my mom all the time before she, I mean, she eventually drank herself to death Mm -hmm. and it was like, okay, I have to, have to be a good example and I have to carry the message and, Mm -hmm. you know, and then that's it. Like I can't, I can't drag her along. Mm -hmm. I can't, she'd been in, maybe 10 rehabs her entire life incarcerated Mm -hmm. for you know duis the whole the whole nine and for a lot of people um there there is a way and that's why there's um like al-anon and other there's programs for people to support the people who are staying in the person's life who's falling down which Mm -hmm. i think is so helpful yeah absolutely yeah i went to al-anon once um but also i it was kind of by accident because I meant to go to an AA meeting and I didn't, <laughs> I didn't really read it correctly. So <laughs> when you got there, did they have way better snacks than an AA meeting? <laughs> Al-Anon meetings have baller snacks. <laughs> Al-Anon meetings and gay meetings and in in like like substance abuse fellowships have the best snacks in the whole world. Oh yeah, it's like a full spread. Yeah, it's the best thing in the world. I know they just thought everyone was like a lot older than me. <laughs> like there was no one my age. Uh, and a lot of little old ladies, huh? <laughs> Like fresh to death little old ladies. Yeah. So cute. Yeah. So that was interesting. And I, I'm trying to remember how I figured it out. I think when I left, 
Um, and I looked at the board again and it said Al and all. I was like, oh, that's different than A. <laughs> so, yeah. Was it a good meeting though? Yeah, it was dope. I mean, I like talked about myself and I don't, I don't really like I've been to a couple AA meetings, but it's just not my thing because I don't like my thing is I just kind of stay away from, you know, alcohol okay. um, for many years to the point where it's not really affecting me anymore. And like going to AA meetings and hearing about alcohol is just kind of triggering for me. Interesting. And so I feel like it's just, I don't want to think about it. I don't want to talk about it. It's not a part of my life. Okay. And, you know, I don't have cravings anymore. I'm like at a point where I can go do comedy in bars. I can be in parties with alcohol and it doesn't affect me at all. Yeah. So I've kind of reached the point where I've moved past it. Okay. I hope. Yeah. Not. Please, <laughs> the Lord, please keep me on my path. So, yeah. Well, the questions I'm going to ask you today are based in the steps, but they're not necessarily the steps. So okay. don't stress out. Um, but uh, how do you, with that in mind, like, how do you experience surrender? Surrender. Um, I think um, surrender for me is a big part of just kind of surrendering my my ego or my denial or the stigma and accepting that I do need help because like, you know, I, I have a mental illness called schizoaffective disorder, which is a combination of bipolar disorder and um, schizophrenia. Uh, woohoo. Woo. <laughs> it's great. Two in one. Um, and like, I guess there'll be times where I'm getting sick or I'm frustrated or like I'm talking bad to myself because I have a lot of negative self-talk that like I have to stop and like surrender those thoughts and surrender my ego and just accept that, hey, I have this mental illness and I have this problem. I have this history in my life that is creating all these like negative thoughts in my head and I need to let that go and accept that, you know, I need help and it's just part of myself. Yeah. So, yeah. That's amazing. I used to have a sponsor who's um, her sponsor told her um, <laughs> she basically was like you, the, the same thing that you just said about accepting it and like yeah. doing her treatment as required. Like yeah. she was basically like, I will not work with you if you're not working on your mental health treatment. That's it. Yeah. And I, I really, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. The surrender part is the hard part. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. For everyone, because we all have egos. We don't want to, admit we have a problem we don't want to ask for help we don't want to do any of that because yeah. you know that's just i think part of the human experience yeah and it's also like like i always kind of think about it is that like if you're starting to get the symptoms of the flu typically you're like oh it's not the flu like you know i just have scratchy throat i just have a little runny nose yeah. like it's no big deal yeah and like as the days pass like you know, things get worse and you might be like, hey, I should go to the doctor. Or you might be like, no, no, I'll get over it on my own. Yeah. And it's like something that everyone does and it applies to, you know, mental health or addiction or, you know, any sort of problem you have is that we try to ignore it as long as possible. And then whenever things get too bad is finally when we go to the doctor. And sometimes that might be at a time that's like a little bit too late to. Yeah. But yeah, basic example. I don't know. Yeah, no, I love that. That's yeah. yeah go that's, to the doctor, guys. Go to the doctor. Go. Yeah, no, yeah. I 
there's a lot of self-diagnosing out there and a lot of like yeah don't go on WebMD or whatever medicals like I've, don't listen to dr oz you know don't go to ask jeeves just just go to the doctor okay yeah dr oz has been a major point of like family conflict for me because like i have family members that are like you know dr oz says i was like dr oz is not a real doctor you just stop with that dr oz doesn't know shit and my own doctors at one point when i got really really like physically sick and then my mental health started to like amp like anxiety started to like amp up it was so funny because they were like at one point my doctor was like please stop googling (laughs) do you understand me stop googling and that's what he was like I think you need to address your level of anxiety. And I was like, what do you mean? (laughs) You know, I'm going to go Google what you just said right now. (laughs) Exactly. I'm like, you're just like frantically typing into my phone. So uh, that's beautiful. I love that. What would you say has been the most, and you can take this as a positive or negative way. Everybody does it differently. What's been the most um, insane thing that sort of happened in your recovery process, whether it's like a miracle or like a, you know, a, a dark moment. Yeah, I was, um, she sent me the questions beforehand, which I greatly appreciate. And I was thinking about this and like, I, I guess I have two answers because I was yeah, I like, they can go, there's insane bad and then there's insane yeah. good. Uh, and so I think the insane bad part uh, was, was kind of probably, um, I guess I had a couple of rock bombs, but just the one that, is just some like freaky, freaky stuff is that I, uh, it was after college and I was very depressed and I just got fired from three jobs and I was living at home and I was very, very, very like sick mentally at the time. And I started to develop these really disgusting hallucinations and they're kind of graphics. So if you don't like graphic stuff, do the jump 30 seconds thing. Yeah. And I'll just talk really fast. You're really good with that. You did that in your <laughs> TED talk. You were like, there's going to be some really shocking image or, or like a sound clip. And it was great. Yeah. I love that. So yeah, if you're, it's a, uh, what is it? Trigger warning. Yeah. Trigger, trigger warning. warning. Yeah. Trigger We've warning. had a spoiler work alert and a trigger warning. We're yeah. killing it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. Okay. So trigger warning is about to start in three, two, one. I'm going to tell myself. Go. Okay. So, um, Basically, I was very sick. I remember there was a time at night where I was like crying and I was hating myself and I was telling myself like, you're stupid, you're crazy, you're never going to get better. And um, overall, just, you know, a lot of really bad things. And I started to have these really intense hallucinations where I would feel something cut my wrist um, or I'd feel something rip off my toenail. But I'd also see these things happen at the same time where I would see a butcher knife slicing my wrist and... It was just so much mental, emotional, and physical pain that every day I would get down on my knees and I begged to God, please kill me now. Okay. I made it. You did it. <laughs> wow. You're incredible. Thanks. I'll be here all night. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I won't. <laughs> also, it's not nighttime. I think it's like... It's 3 p.m. Guys. Listen, what we're saying is this book, this woman, if you're a comedian and you're listening to this, that's what we're saying. <laughs> yeah. That's please. incredible. Yeah. Wow. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Um, so that's insane bad. And then um, insane good. I think, uh, I think the insane good, like, was when I started to come out about my mental illness. 
So I, I, um, there's this organization called NAMI National Alliance on Mental Illness. Have you heard of them? Yeah. Uh, yes. Okay. So NAMI's got this class called Peer to Peer. And if you have mental illness and you're feeling lonely, you don't understand your symptoms or, you know, you want to learn more about mental illness or just be part of a good organization that can hook you up at times, um, take this class it's called Peer to Peer. Um, NAMI also helps family members too. Um, oh, lovely. I can give you Orange County NAMI's phone number because that's the one I know. It's 714-544-8488. Off the dome. She didn't look at her phone. <laughs> she was like, I got it. Amazing. Yeah. It's got a lot of fours in it. Oh, one more time. 714-544-8488. Hell yeah. Okay. So you can call them um, if you want. But anyway, so um, I took this class where like, like, Prior to me taking this class, um, I took it when I was probably like 23, is that I had so much shame, like that self-stigma that we talked about where like we talked to ourselves like you're stupid, you're crazy, you're never going to get better. And I never talked about my mental illness because when I did, it went poorly. So I just stopped doing it and I felt so ashamed. I had this thing and I didn't realize that it was an illness, you know, a separate part of me. I thought it was me. Yeah. Um, so I took this class and it's only with people with mental illness and everyone there was so accepting and empathetic. And for the first time I got to share my story, which I had never done in my entire life. Um, and they were so accepting and they showed me that mental illness is not my fault. It's not something to be ashamed of. Yeah. You know, it's chemical. It's not personal. And like... It was so strong, like that experience that after that class, I stopped being suicidal. Okay. Um, I don't know if I mentioned I was suicidal, but I think that's kind of a natural conclusion. Yeah. As well. There were four attempts, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 But I'm, I'm, I'm still alive. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> cats out of the bag. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah. So I think. Then I started to Skype with my friends one by one and be like, hey, this is my story. I want you to know this about me. And because I came from a, a place of strength where I was calm and I said, I want to educate you on my illness yeah. and things like that, it was much better received. Right. Um, and I noticed that I started to have a stronger relationship with everyone and a stronger support system. Um, which was incredible. And so the support system has grown to people that I call, you know, every week we talk. Um, a lot of times I talk about my mental health and what things are going bad, but it's just so positive. And so what's insane to me is that I was able to take something that was so horrific and traumatizing and turn it into something, you know, positive and inspirational. Yeah. And um, at least from what I've heard and the good YouTube comments that perhaps I shouldn't have read, but like people say. <laughs> you can keep the good ones. Well, those bad ones, that's the problem with YouTube comments is in order to get to the good ones, you have to get through the, the avalanche of bad yeah. ones. Yeah. 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 But 22 times when I practiced my speech, I got a lot of good feedback too. Oh yeah. People contact me and said, you made a difference in my life because of you. I, became closer to my loved ones you know i 
understood what was happening to me when I started to have depression and anxiety for the first time. Like it, it made a huge difference and it was just really, really incredible. Yeah. Um, and so that's, that's insane. Yeah. 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 I am not insane though. Exactly. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> to clarify, don't call me insane in the, do you have comment section? I mean, yeah, we have Unpops has uh, a Discord. Uh, oh, it's okay. called the feed, and then uh, people can comment on iTunes. Hey, please comment on iTunes, but only positive things. And they can also comment on SoundCloud. Oh, okay, so, cool. Yeah, there's a lot of. We have an email. People can get a hold of us at twelve qpod at gmail dot com. Oh, okay. You can tweet at us at twelve qpod. So anyway, cool mid pod plugs. Yeah, I enjoy it. Yeah, so comment. Good stuff. Good stuff. Think of Wreck-It Ralph. Think of it. Exactly. Don't be a butt. You know what I mean? Like for every negative comment someone leaves on the internet, they get one pimple on their butt somewhere. That's what I think. Okay. Good. I curse that. That's that's what I curse people to do. If you (laughs) comment negatively on anything any of my guests has done um, or me, you're probably going to get a butt set and those are uncomfortable. Nobody wants those. Yeah. And a really ugly one. Yeah, exactly. But like, you're the only one who knows. So it's like weird. You can't show anybody. It's gross. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you make decisions in your life? How do I make decisions in my life? Very poorly. Uh, (laughs) I mean, I don't like, I mean, my poor decisions is like, like saying the wrong thing to a booker or something. I do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a professional, but like occasionally I I'll stick my whole leg in my mouth. It <laughs> happens. So how I make decisions is that I sit there. I'm an overthinker. Yeah. So I sit there and I think. And I think and I think and I think. And then I call a bunch of people. And then I get their feedback. And then I'll make a decision. And then for some reason I'll decide to call more people. And inevitably they will say something opposite. So then I'll get into distress and I'll call more people. And then I'll just do what the last person said like really quickly and then later regret my decision. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. That's still a work in progress part. I like it. I like it. The reason why I wrote that question is decision-making for me is so difficult sometimes when I'm in, when I'm in like a very spiritual like headspace i can make decisions rapidly quickly it's not a big deal or if i'm like super centered but if i'm in like a headspace where like i'm off my game or i'm like kind of not really working on my program or not working on my you know mental health recovery decision making can become super disruptive so i'm Mm. always curious to hear other people's process with decision making oh yeah mine's always bad like even if i'm like in and out i'm like should i get animal fries or should I not? I'll spend minutes just standing there as the cashier <laughs> is waiting for me the, to say something. The most fast-paced fast food restaurant ever. <laughs> they're like, ma'am. And they're so polite, too. So, like, you know. That's hilarious. I have, like, I used to, for years in my recovery, for, like, five, six years, I used to say at restaurants, okay, so listen, if the cop salad and the pancakes got in a fight, who would win? Because I could never decide. I always had a, what I called last meal ever syndrome. 
Oh. That's my that's LMS please, guys. LMS. Please LMS. get that. Please get that in the DSM <laughs> when you're like a super famous doctor. Please just be like a little less meal ever syndrome. Very funny. I bet we could get it on WebMD. Though. WebMD for yeah. sure. For People are sure. gonna Google it and then and then that's we just it. Ruin lives. Exactly. Last yeah. meal ever syndrome. It cannot Maybe show up on Doctor Oz. Oh, you know it'll show up on Doctor Oz. Yeah. Because that's some made up bullshit. But I'm it's like he's so handsome. And I'm like, ew. Yeah, I have a problem. My psychiatrist is really handsome. Ooh. Yeah, he's got like hazel eyes. He's like super handsome. He's oh. some kind of brown. I don't know what, but he is so handsome. Does he have a ring on his finger? Because no, I'm looking for someone. I will look next time. <laughs> I will contact you and just be like, because I go to a, I go to a mental health, like talk about humbling. I go to a mental health clinic that's like for very low functioning folks. I followed my therapist there because she got reassigned. Mm-hmm. And so, um, or she like got another job. So I followed her there and it's for like folks with like very low bottom skills, but I'm finally going to use their, they have like an art room and a game room and they do like activities. They have like community outings. It's really cool. It's in the Valley. It's like a place I would have worked back when I was like before comedy, yeah, BC before comedy and and, like I'm going to go to, they have like a really cool art room and the whole place is decorated in patient art. And okay. it's some of it's incredible. Some of it's scary, but some of it's like really incredible. Um, so I'm gonna do like a really boss ass like vision board, I think, over there. But yeah, talk about like humbling. You know what I mean? Because it's a place where like I, sometimes I feel like, well, I'm higher functioning. And I remember telling my clients that like, you know, don't do that. Don't rank people with how fun, you know your higher fun- your functional levels. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. don't do that. Yeah. And then I found myself being like, oh. Like I have a lot to learn right now. Like whatever I'm signing up for right now, I have a lot to learn. And then on top of my psychiatrist is also hot. Get the fuck out of here. (laughs) I got to like control myself. Uh Uh-uh. And I'm I'm, I'm always like, "Mm," you know, I'm like trying to tell, I think my soul off made me poop my pants. Like that you can't, so embarrassing. Um, You don't say sexy things to a psychiatrist. You really don't. Yeah. They want to know everything. Yeah. But uh <laughs> what's been the most interesting thing you've learned about yourself in your recovery process um dude like not to brag well if you don't like bragging you can also skip forward 60 seconds you can also just like brag oh, you're okay. like you know what fucking brag okay brag i'm a i'm a brag guys brag, I'm a brag. okay b-r-a-g brag uh wait what was i gonna say oh yeah, yeah i think that the most interesting thing i've learned about myself is that i uh I just have this drive Mm -hmm. that this like perseverance that is just like immeasurable. Like every time my life gets worse, the fact that I keep working and put in the work to get through it and then go from being like psychiatrically hospitalized and being at my complete rock bottom walking out of there, barely being able to talk to people and just getting overstimulated and being sensitive. And if someone talked to me too harshly, I would just start crying and just go back to my home and slowly, slowly just taking the steps on my recovery to a year and a half later doing a TED Talk and winning two mental health awards and like being able to be open about my mental illness is just shows me that like I can go from so low to so high if I just work 
and I yeah. do work. And like my therapist even said to me, he's like, you're a very interesting case. And I was like, thanks. Um, <laughs> and he's like, well, you know what I mean. You're an interesting client. I'm like, okay, I guess getting a little bit of better. That's, <laughs> <laughs> That's always when they're like, I'm fascinated by you. You're like, uh, like, is that good or bad? Like, what are you like? <laughs> I'm not an artwork. Like, yeah. I'm a human being. But anyway, it's okay, Dan. You're cool. <laughs> i'm gonna send him this podcast do it he's also well never mind if okay. dan takes medical let me know <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't but he, no. well, he's like 80 but i'm sure when he was 40 he would have been really attractive oh okay like he would be but okay thankfully he's 80 and he's not attractive so he's not like a daddy he's a granddaddy yeah okay yeah. i get it yeah great granddad or great something. yeah i don't know i don't know math i should know math anyway where was i Oh, yeah. So he was saying I was interesting uh, because he's like, you can just be so severely symptomatic, but you just push yourself to continue, you know, going to school, going to work, um, doing internship, doing comedy. And you're just have this drive that you want to like push forth your recovery and show people that recovery is possible and help mm -hmm. people with their recovery that you're able to accomplish things that very few people would be able to. Yeah. So truly incredible. That's cool. Thanks, Dan. You're the man. That's true. You yeah. have resilience. Yeah. You have tremendous resilience. Thank you. That's incredible. Yeah. I think that was longer than 60 seconds. I like it though. For anyone that didn't want to hear it. If, okay, if somebody doesn't want to hear a brag, <laughs> I don't even want to know. Like, okay. Like, just post about it in the comments. That's such a low-key brag, by the way. That's like a low-key. Like, if you'd been like, and also I have a pair of Yeezys, I'd be like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, that's such a, like, low-key brag. But it's it's a powerful one. You know what I mean? We have to, we, we do, we value, there's a, have you ever read Brene Brown's books? Mm -hmm. I watched her TED Talks. Um, and uh, I've read some of her stuff. Yeah. yeah, she has a book called Rising Strong, and it's all about like resilience after falling down. Mm -hmm. And we value we value resilience in our culture, but we don't tell the story of it. We just say, and then they got back up and it was fine. Yeah. And they don't talk about the little painstaking, brutal steps that are required from relapse to recovery. Mm -hmm. And she she really like breaks that down. And I enjoy that a lot. I think you'd really like her books. I will stuff. check it out. She's, she's a social worker. Yeah, she's a social worker. She's also like a sober person, but like did the steps and then didn't do like meetings after that. And, you know, mm -hmm. identifies it more as a mental illness thing. And mm -hmm. I think you'd really enjoy her. Yeah. She's fantastic. Um, Great speaker. Just incredible. Connects with you. She narrates most of her own books. Okay. Yeah, the early ones are narrated. Like if you're a uh, if you're a audible person because you're in school a lot and you sit in your car some. Mm -hmm. It was yeah. So, um, what is your like level of? Um, I'm, I'm just gonna talk a minute because you're just like enjoying that cookie and I don't want to ruin that moment for I'm you. I'm wondering if they could hear me chewing a little bit. Probably oh, okay. that's okay. okay. <laughs> Um, there's, uh, uh, what is your, what is your level of honesty in your life today? I am like 150% honest. I'm way too honest, mm -hmm. which is like, it's good because like, I don't lie. I don't really lie. Yeah. Like, the most I lie is like 
in comedy when I like kind of stretch things. But yeah. that's not really lying. That's comedy. Yeah. But yeah. But uh, I mean, like the other day, um, I thought someone didn't like me based upon like how they were talking to someone else and not me and ignored a question yeah. that I said. And then that person and my friend were outside and I asked my friend, oh, can you walk me to my car? And that person was like, why didn't you ask me? And I said, well, I thought that you didn't like me, so I didn't ask you. And he was like, what? And uh, my friend explained to me, like, Zara, when you say things like that, it's really hard to come back from. And I said, <laughs> uh, he's like, what you should say is that by your reaction, I can see that's not true. So I said, oh, okay. And then I turned to the guy and I said, hey, by your reaction, I can see that's not true. But um, yeah, don't do not do that. Like, don't do that. Oh, by the <laughs> way, you just, you know what the funny thing is? You verbalize what goes through comics brains all the time because it's a really distracting environment like everybody wants attention they all want each other's attention and so there's a lot of awkward social interactions that indicate rejection at times and you also don't know what a person's like attachment style is i'm sure you've learned about that in school like mm -hmm. like the, you don't know what their attachment style is so they might need they might be like a more needy person they might be a more detached person you kind of don't know and so it's all these people with all of these like glaring weird interaction styles kind of all bumping into each other at once yeah. like like comedians are not like the most normalist people that ever were you know what yeah, i mean yeah. so like we're we're messed up people yeah we're a bit strange <laughs> like we're a bit strange like socially like we're we're practically unemployable like <laughs> like we we are employable but like in very specific fields some that isn't true some people are very good at that kind of thing but like we're like very good like project oriented people we're good in writers rooms we're good in those situations but like if you put us in a cubicle sometimes we get a little squirrely you yeah. know what i mean like yeah. um we'll light the water cooler on fire if you know what I mean. Um, but yeah, I can understand. Uh, I can understand that's like, I, I hear people say that all the time. They're like, oh, I, I just thought you didn't like me. Oh. And it's like, where did you come up with that? <laughs> like, no, of course, of course I like you. Like, yeah. I, I hear comics have to clarify that with each other constantly. Yeah. So I think you're fine. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely felt like, I don't know, like, like someone recently asked me if I was on the spectrum and like, I didn't know how to take it probably because I didn't really know what that meant. So I was like, oh, what spectrum? And then she's like, never mind. I think I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she thought you were on the autism spectrum. <laughs> oh, you would know. Like, here's the thing is that's not what's going on. It would be very yeah. funny if you were just like, no, that's not my diagnosis. Would you like to know the one that I have? <laughs> and then like, just like watch her scuttle off. That's yeah. such a funny thing. Cause like my dude is very like robotic and sometimes he's got his own stuff going on, but he's people will accuse him of being on the spectrum. Uh, and yeah. it's, that's not true. It's just yeah. that every one of us is even folks on the spectrum. We're all just humans that experience the world differently. And yeah. once you figure out how you experience the world, sometimes that can become a superpower Yeah, and you can like, like you can really figure out your life, Yeah, you know? So yeah, uh, yeah that's i don't like that yeah i don't like like I don't people like it, are mm. always like oh that dude's weird like he must be autistic it's like look okay there's a big book 
that has all the criteria and it's a very complicated process to right. diagnose someone with autism. So just because you don't like someone doesn't mean you can just call them autistic and be, you know, the next Dr. Oz. Like, that's not yeah. how it works. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, really don't do that guys okay please stop and please stop using autistic as an insult because that's yeah. not fair that's mean don't do that i did have a fun moment when i worked with an autistic pop like um it was like a like a college program and i was the residential advisor so <laughs> they would um they would uh i would have to do cooking classes and stuff and i have like a a, a, a gluten allergy um, so those cookies you're eating right now are totally gluten-free and they're delicious. Oh, wow. Um, no, you're fine. Do you? Um, and, uh, so they had, uh, I was making like a pie with this guy and, uh, he was like, Anna, can you try the pie? Cause he was so proud of it. He loves to cook. He was super duper proud of the pie. And I was like, oh, yeah, I can't. I'm allergic. And he said, uh, he said, oh, I forgot in a room full of people with autism. He goes, I forgot. Anna's a glutard. <laughs> and they all started laughing. And I was like, oh, I was like, burr, burr, burr. like, I was like, yeah. Yo, yo, like it was <laughs> such a funny moment. And like my, my, my staff, cause I was like the head of my department, my staff was all running around laughing. Like all of us, like they def, he def jammed the room. Like we had, <laughs> we had such a moment and I was just like, that's, that's such a funny thing to me. Like, cause at the end of the day, we all have things that make us a little bit different. So mm -hmm. I was just like, what a beautiful thing to like put in my pocket. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? It's great. Um, Drop but yeah, yeah, just don't like, just don't tell people like for a while bipolar was the thing people would be like well maybe she has bipolar yeah, and now now with trump and everything uh personality disorders are becoming yeah. the thing that people accuse each other of yeah. i used to same thing same kid who used to make fun like one time i was looking for my keys i was like all scattered i have my little clipboard and i'm starting this session with this kid and i was like i gotta find my keys and he just yelled out of my office door he was like hey anna's having a real add kind of a day and oh. i was just laughing because i would be honest with them like hey i have adhd i lose things easily like i'm aware of what makes me different and um and they would just like laugh like it was just so much fun because there was acceptance it was like we all have a thing and so we could all be open about it and accept it as yeah. opposed to like just walking up to somebody and being like hey are you on the spectrum it's like yeah. no i just I'm just on a different wavelength than you, girl. Hang yeah. out. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Different wavelength. Yeah. yeah. Just vibrating at a different wavelength. You can yeah. calm down. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not about like you. <laughs> I'm dusting off my shoulders because I like that so much. Oh, yeah. take it. Keep it. I love it. I stole it from a sound bath. Because um, <laughs> <laughs> I am gone full white lady magic. Um, <laughs> so what is your... Uh, so, you, honesty, what is... Um, your experience of fear and anxiety? Uh, I have fear and anxiety like constantly. Um, I'm I'm just like like I, I'll let me address anxiety because I guess I'm trying to think like okay, what does fear really mean? Um, but anxiety, I have it like just hundred fifty percent of the time. Okay, it's just like it's like one example is that. I just started a new um, job, and um, because my computer login doesn't work, I don't have anything to do, 
Uh, so they gave me a book to read, like Ugh. like a textbook. Fun. Um, so I read for that for eight but I hours. Get bored. <laughs> yeah, that's a real fall asleep at your desk situation. <laughs> so I'm not gonna lie. I go on my phone. And there's only one dude in the room, and he sits right next to me. And somehow I got in my head that I was like, this guy's going to report me about how much I go on my phone. So I try to, like, time it out. Like, the whole time I'm thinking, I'm like, okay, can I pull out my phone? It's like, okay, he walked out. Let me pull out my phone. <laughs> we walked back in. He saw me pull out my phone. And then I'm like, okay, a couple hours. I'll just pull out my phone. Because I kind of have a little phone addiction thing going on. So, um that's bad. Don't do that. But yeah, that was more towards me, not to you. I mean, you can be phone addicted, but I... Anyway, <laughs> point being, <laughs> point being, what was my point? Oh, yeah. yeah. And then um, I remember like I, I went to lunch and it was like two minutes away and I came back. And so I technically had 15 minutes left on my lunch. So I... Uh, I just started like talking out loud. I was like, oh, got back to the office have 15 minutes left of my lunch and then i went on my phone and so like my whole day is just me preoccupying on this guy possibly reporting me for being on my phone and by the way he's probably not paying attention <laughs> he's really he's not. probably just like well why was like he's just like well i have a friend in here but she's just staring at a book all day i don't want to interrupt that <laughs> That's so, that's so funny. The one time I did look over, though, he was on his phone. See, <laughs> this is what I'm saying. You're fine. You're fine. But, you, like, I'm going to get I, work next week, so this will never happen again. You're going to get caseload next yeah. week? Oh, congratulations. Yep. Super excited. Are they teaching you, like, Kipu or whatever kind of, like, weird documentation system that was designed by, like, the USSR. It's like, it's like, I, I think we've moved past Russian technology I, by this point. I feel like mental health, they always, they're like, okay, so we have this draconian, slow, 8-bit system. And you're going to have to put all of your government notes in it. You're always just like, what in the fuck? This takes me a year. And then they're like, you're not doing enough work. It's like, well... I'm on the computer all day. I'm just trying oh, yeah. to. I'm just trying to run my notes. Oh. Mental health system needs to change. That's what I'm saying right now. Yeah, it needs to be yeah. streamlined. Yeah, for sure. It's gotten a, a lot better, but it's definitely. Yeah. I want to see in the next DSM a trauma diagnosis, like trauma disorder diagnosis. Yeah. If you ever read The Body Keeps Score. Yeah. Yeah, that one's yeah. a. That one's a, that one's, she's a heavy book. Yeah. But I feel like, anyway, what is one thing about yourself that you'd really like to change? Like a character defect, something you'd like to work Um, on? I think, I think if I could change, um, my difficulty in making decision making, I think that would just solve like probably like half my problems because the biggest problem is that I'm just like, so afraid of making a mistake and i know mistakes are part of life but i do feel like i make like really big mistakes yeah that's why i think so hard on it and like i just put so much time into a decision and then once the decision is made i regret it i think if i could change that where i could rely more on myself to make a decision and develop an acceptance of it like okay i've made this decision i'm gonna go with it yeah that will 
like just dramatically improve the quality of my life. Yeah. And I'm working on it. But yeah. Okay. Have you ever read or watched the Netflix series Marie Kondo's The Art of Tidying Up? No. Okay. So she does this thing. Uh-huh. And it's it's integral to decision making. It's mm-hmm. amazing. She'll pick up an item that like she's had in her closet for a long time and she'll she'll take a moment and she'll evaluate if the item brings her joy. Okay. And if the item doesn't bring her joy, she just gets rid of it. Oh, wow. And she teaches people how to like declutter their lives by like picking something up and being like, does this bring me joy? And she's like, think about it. She always starts with clothes. She's like, think about the thing that is your, um, your favorite outfit in the world. And she's like, you know, the one where you just feel really good in it. Yeah. Like that girl, you look fabulous you look amazing i was like i have a red dress on she came dressed up she's like winter chic it's very cute but like that putting on this outfit for example you have some outfits that don't make you feel this way right Mm -hmm. so her her theory is if it doesn't bring you joy don't do it okay and so i'm it's yeah okay it's on a on a psychological level, it's very fascinating. She also speaks in a very soft tone in Japanese. And from okay. an ASMR perspective, she's just like, you're just like, what is this beautiful angel woman? ASMR. Um, ASMR oh gosh, I don't know the exact, uh, I'll Google it. Um, it's like, you know, when people do videos and they're like, this, they're like, hi. And then people, people uh asmr it's a, a sensory it's a sensory deprivation thing or a sensory thing so we used to call it something different in the mm. autism community so oh, a feeling okay. of being well uh a feeling of well-being combined with a tingling sensation in the scalp and down the back of the neck as experienced by some people in response to specific gentle stimulus often a particular sound so she's just very like calming. There's oh, like something okay. about her that's like very calming. Okay. And then she teaches nervous people how to sort through their mountain of garbage. Yeah. It's pretty great. Cool. Yeah. It's like, what if hoarders wasn't a traumatic experience? Do you remember that show? Uh, I heard of it, but I, yeah. I would not watch it. That's um, fine. I don't it's, even like, like it's person with hoarding disorder. Okay. Thank you. Yes. See, they are not who their disorder is same for like using the word schizophrenics or bipolars or yeah whatever people with bipolar. people with people, people with. with schizophrenia it's important guys it truly and don't is. do it just because i say so do it because it's right yeah uh, i mean and the the thing is is when you categorize people that way and you make them their disorder there will i promise you come a time in your life where you're gonna have to face your own stuff and you're not gonna see yours i don't see myself as anxiety yeah. You know, I'm a person who experiences some anxiety. Yeah. You know, and I, I learned that from, I learned that from working with people who experience anxiety or who, you know, who uh, have learning differences or whatever, you know, it was like, no, they were individual people capable of all manner of behavior. You know, I used to have one guy, it was so funny. He was mean to the other clients. He'd be so mean to the other clients. <laughs> and I would be like, Hey man. And he'd go, Hey, I have autism. And I would just look at him and go, yeah. And you're also being kind of a jerk. <laughs> Could you not be mean? <laughs> and he was just like, mm. and he would just like walk away <laughs> just be like, 
Yeah, so does uh, 28 other people in this building, except for me (laughs) right now. Just be nice. (laughs) And he's like, okay. (laughs) So I think that's a very, it's a very important thing. Yeah. I love that. What is, um, what is uh, your level of, how do you experience forgiveness? Oh, forgiveness? Forgiveness is um, interesting for me. Uh, because if someone will come and apologize to me for something mm-hmm. they did wrong, then um, I will forgive them. Um, yeah. You know, even if it's like something really terrible. Like if you if you apologize, took the time to come apology to apologize for it, then I'll forgive you. Um, but I have a hard time forgiving people if they don't apologize. Um, me because too. Because a lot of people have been really mean to me like in the comedy community a lot of people have been really mean to me are they just like riffing or are they being mean is it different yeah they're being pretty mean like like for example this uh wait is it okay to say without like without the name is it okay to say what's done okay yeah like also i mean i will beat the shit out especially (laughs) i came up in orange county and long beach i'll come down there and fucking bang some heads if you need me to oh okay no no be nice to her 90 percent of people are awesome yes yeah it's a great place to come up in comedy yeah i would say so too very constructive very funny people yeah kind of crazy sometimes though yeah very insular yeah so one dude would just like come up to me he'd wait till when no one was around and then he'd come up to me and be like you will never be a comedian. What? Like, like that's not funny. No. <laughs> like, that's just mean. Why would he say that to you? Um, I suppose I have some theories, but I'm thinking he just didn't like me very much. Uh, so, yeah. Gross. Um, so, we, we haven't talked to each other in, like, probably, like, a year and not even said a word to each other, which I'm okay. cool with. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Yeah, that's, that's probably, good. like, the healthiest way. Yeah. Oh, that, yeah. may, that hurts my heart. Yeah, it was very hard. And it, I was I was only, I wasn't that far into comedy. I would say I was like six months into comedy. And yeah. like, so I was like really like naive and sensitive. And like now if someone said that to me, I'd be like, you know what? You are a piece of trash and bad things will happen to you and go away. Don't talk to me ever again. Yeah, slam yeah. your dick in a door. Get out of here. <laughs> So like, actually that's what i would have said i'm trying to keep it you know pg uh, <laughs> it's a podcast you can say whatever you want yeah. may and your head grow in the ground like an onion you know? <laughs> may your teeth grow fall out and hair grow in its place you know that was that's always a favorite one for me <laughs> so, i i didn't know what to say at the time but it really hurt my feelings and so you know um some people are like oh you know just don't let it get to you. Fuck them. It also like doesn't make sense. Like you're kind of doing comedy right now. Doesn't that make you a comedian? But yeah, I think he meant real comedian or whatever. So that's just one example. But like, um, I have made peace with, um, you know, uh, other people that may not have been nice. Yeah. So yeah, that's but good. to be clear, it's like ninety percent, ninety five percent. Everything's great. So, yeah, Um, we have this saying in 12 step programs where we say, be nice to the newcomer because you never know if they're going to be your sponsor one day. Oh, and it's like, be nice to the newer comic. You never know if they're going to be your boss one day. You know, they could be the showrunner of the room. 
you know, yeah. like that you write in. They could be staffing their own television show. They could be, you know, building their own, you know, stage show or whatever. Yeah. And you might want to be a part of that. And if you're a dick, they're going to remember, Yeah, you know, be kind. Yeah. It's all chaos. Be kind. Yeah. I think that's a good policy wherever you are. Just be kind and things will work out for you. And I think also like I've, tried to be as nice as I could. Like, I'm generally a nice person. I try to be as nice as I can because I think everyone deserves to be treated well. Yeah. And I think as a result, that's kind of served me well and brought me success. It's just because I'm a good person, people will reach out to me and support me. Yeah. So, yeah. Congrats. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. What's the weirdest amends you've had to give or had to receive, given your... I'm sure you've had some moments after some relapses where you had to be like, hey, sorry. Yeah. I wasn't in there. Yeah. It was something else. <laughs> it's hard. Like, like one thing I kind of still struggle with is that I, I have some, um, like, issues with anger. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll go from nice to angry very quickly. Yeah. Um, if I get kind of, like, triggered by something. Yeah. So, like, someone, you know, like, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a pretty, like, clean person i don't really like do or listen to much sexual humor unless i go to an open mic in which case i listen to like 90 percent sexual humor i'm sorry about that <laughs> and um my friend uh sent me this uh this kind of pornographic like picture like like it was drawn and it had to do with pokemon so like i think like like, I opened it, and I was at work next to this guy who's, like, hopefully not paying attention, because I was like, oh, it's going to be, like, a cute, like, kitten picture or something. And um, it had to do with Pokemon and anal beads. And I'll uh. just, like, leave it at that. And the only reason I know what anal beads are is because I go to open mics, okay? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, listen, I'm just this pure, nice person <laughs> who's overcome some struggles. <laughs> about butt sex all the time <laughs> but i have to go to these open mics and everybody's just talking about eating ass and i hate it that's like a great impression of what goes on in my head all the time. <laughs> like please like i learned what the eiffel tower was no like, no it was so funny because this comic's like oh does anyone know what the eiffel tower is and i was like yeah i do and they're like zara what is it i was like it's the tallest tower in france no. and everyone just laughed no and then he explained and i'm just like i just i don't even know what to say why was he asking don't do crowd work in an open mic if you're listening to this in your comic don't do crowd work in an open mic what's wrong with you no one don't talk to them they're animals don't talk to the animals and zara because she's not she's a sweet nice little lamb don't talk to those sewer mutants don't do that that's so funny yeah. Oh my gosh, that's interesting. Like that's interesting, and it's also that's a very interesting thing about you is that you're sort of like you're not a dirty person, and you don't you're not a purveyor of dirty things, and you're not a consumer of dirty things. Yeah, I like that. Thanks. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, no one just, says that. They just make fun of me. <laughs> well, just be you. Like I think the most the funniest thing about a person is what makes them them. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so like the funniest thing about that interaction is that 
you didn't know. And it's so cute because you're just like, so you, you know what I mean? Like, like I wouldn't, I, that's, it's, 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 it's funny in a celebratory way. You, does that make sense? Like yeah. there's so much comedy that is so negative or so angry or so filthy, my, my own stuff included. Like, <laughs> but the, but to have like a, just a revel, a revelatory moment where you're just like, I'm just this right kind of person and I'm fun, you know? And yeah, I'm sure there's other people that are, that are listening that are that way. So I enjoy that. Oh, I'm sorry. You have to listen to all that weird ass eating stuff. <laughs> what was the, what was the outcome? What was the, what was the apology? What happened? Oh, oh yeah. I yeah, keep interrupting so, yeah. you. Cause you just keep saying these like beautiful things. And I just want to like talk about it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if you're listening. No, it's cool. It's, it's, you know, I have a poor attention span as well. So yeah. I'll be here and there. Together. We would chase a laser pointer like cats. <laughs> we truly would. We'd be like, wait, what is that? Okay. Anyway, what? Huh? Hi, how's it going? <laughs> Jump for it. Maybe you'll catch it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Between the two of us. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. So he sent me that picture and I opened it and I just blew up. I was like, okay, if you don't like foul language, just skip six seats. I'm like, what? I apologize for my language, but I was like, what the fuck did you send to me? What the fuck is wrong with you? Why would you send me this shit? Why do you think it's okay to send me this shit? What the fuck? I am so pissed off right now. I'm never going to open anything from you again. And then by that point, I realized that I blew up and I was like, you know, um, I will talk to you when I'm calm. <laughs> and yeah. I just didn't. And so this happened yesterday. So I was like thinking on the way over, like, okay, how am I going to do this? Like, I need to uh, probably, you know, let him, like, I need to myself apologize for blowing up. Yeah. Um, because that's not okay to blow up on someone. Right. And like, like when I thought about it, I was like, he probably didn't do it on purpose to piss me off. He probably just thought it was funny and wanted to share it. Yeah. I hope. Yeah. Um, so then when I apologize, I'd be like, oh, and I, I thought about it. And I realized you probably weren't trying to piss me off. You just thought I, I would enjoy it. Um, and uh, then um, I'll let him know, like, you know, I, I'd really appreciate if you didn't send me those types of pictures. That's yeah. not the type of humor that I really like. Yeah. And then... Um, because he's a good guy, he'll probably be like, yeah, I'm sorry. I thought you thought it was funny, but yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I I have to do a lot of apologies from the anger thing because it's really hard to catch and like I'm getting better at it. Um, but that's probably the most awkward type of apology because yeah. it's, it's then becomes like, like, okay, now I have to apologize even though what you did pissed me off. Uh, and so then uh, it's like, am I going to get an apology? But uh, I don't really deserve an apology anymore because I blew up at you. So I'm the a-hole, you know? So like, yeah. There is this really, <laughs> girl, you were speaking my language. Because I, I had a really, especially my first few years, I had a really quick temper. Quick temper. And... um. And because ultimately what I'm hearing is that it's just a boundary that needs to be set. It's like, he didn't know he crossed your boundaries. So you just need to like, I, I, the way I would handle it is just be like, Hey, just so you know, like that's not okay with me. Don't like, you know what I mean? But yeah. on the other hand, I got so many, like somebody would be like, I was so naive too. When I first started comedy, I was somebody be like, Hey, let, let, I'm gonna friend you on Facebook and we'll get together and write, which means not right. That's really. Yeah. Oh, for a lot of guys, that means they want a bone. Oh, yeah. Oh. And so, um, 
they would like send me pictures of their wieners and stuff. Aww. Now I'm editing for you because I'm so like foul. Um, <laughs> but like they would send me like my phone was full of comedy wieners. I saved them and then I started sending them. I have a joke about this. I started sending them back different wieners. <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, it's not appropriate to send that to me. And I would just like send them a different one back. How do you like it? Ah, so I like it. So I yeah. think that, um, I think that, yeah, I just read this book. I'm going to end up doing on the 12 questions Instagram. I'm going to end up doing book reviews because I've read so many 12 help or self-help books in the last like, it's like that's good year or so. No one reads, but it's good you read. Well, I like I read and then I also like I audible like a motherfucker. I'm addicted okay. to audible. Good, good. Um, yeah. But there's this book called The Dance of Anger and mm-hmm. a lady in the program followed me around with it for years. She was like, please read The Dance of Anger. It will really help you. And I was mm-hmm. like, uh, there's always the two. It's like the dance of anger and codependent no more. The ones that they like really chase people around with in 12 step meetings. The dance of anger was, it is clutch. It is so because her thing is you have to explore why you're, you'd be curious about your anger. Why am I angry right now? And then you get a chance to respond to it. And she goes through all these different scenarios where people like blow up or have like dysfunctional, like relationships and stuff. And, and it's, it's really fascinating. And the counter moves people will pull when you stop blowing up on them, because mm-hmm. that is the, I, you, I mean, that is literally, it is my nightmare and it is my reality sometimes when I'm like, okay, I overreacted. What I meant to say was this boundary. Um, I apologize and I'm making amends. Like how can I make it right for my overreaction? But I also really need you to hear yeah. what, I was reacting to. Dude, that's awesome. I'm going to use that as a template for uh, my apology in like yeah. two hours. Anytime. Anytime, <laughs> girl. I got you. I've made every type of apology. I've made more mistakes in recovery than I can count on one hand. I've made more mistakes in recovery than I did when I was using. And so I've now, I've, I've always have to apologize. <laughs> I apologize to people all the time. They're like, what? <laughs> like it's, it gets weird, but it's a powerful move when you can do it. I think it's very humbling too. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. And also be careful with comedians. This has become such a like, be careful because a lot of them don't do emotional intimacy very well. And mm-hmm. so sometimes their reaction will be distancing. Yeah. Um, when, even when you apologize, distancing, okay. um, because the emotional intimacy is like too scary for them. Mm-hmm. And so don't, I mean, I would just say like, don't take it personally. It's just keeping your side of the street clean. Okay. And like, if they want to be in your life, cool. If not cool, like, there's literally two gajillion comedians that will want to hang out with you and riff with you at shows and mics. Okay. So yeah, don't trip. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Sorry. Unsolicited advice. That's also no, no, like no. not a thing I should do, but whatever. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm cool with it. We're cool. I'm cool. You can give me unsolicited any type of thing. Oh, you're so sweet. But now it's not unsolicited. It'll be solicited. Uh, solicited. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm basically like, yeah, please anytime. Cause I've definitely, I'm you and I, I, I feel like a kindred spirit in that. Like I am kind of a naive person too. In yeah. that, like I just sort of showed up and I was like, Hey, <laughs> like, I can't fail. Like, let's be friends. Let's be friends. (laughs) And I would like give everybody snacks because I always had snacks in my car. And like, I was really extra with that. So I totally get it. Yeah. What's your, um, how do you keep yourself together on a day-to-day basis? Like what's your daily routine to kind of keep your mental and spiritual health and everything in check? Oh yeah. Uh, So my daily routine, uh, this is the ideal one that I was doing 
for a long time, except for the past couple of weeks. Uh, I got really depressed and I stopped doing it. Um, but wake up early, um, you know, uh, go to work or internship or whatever it is I need to be doing. Um, come home, uh, write, go to the gym, do some comedy. Nice. Yeah. And so I, I, and then also now I have to prepare for my second TED talk and stuff like that. So I'll shift things around. But exercise is so crucial yes. for mental health. And like, you know, it, it, I feel like I can say that to like everyone and like everyone hears it. But exercise is really something you just have to force yourself to do. Yeah. Um, I don't know what it is about it. And I fell out of exercising. So now I'm back at this, like, I need to force myself yeah. to do it type of thing. So I'm going to do it today, guys. I made a commitment. Wait, or tomorrow. No, today. Do it today. After this podcast. Do you have a gym membership? Yes. Where do you go? LA Fitness. Girl, you should have told me I'm all gymmed out. We could have <laughs> hit the gym together. <laughs> I'll do a day with you right now. <laughs> that would have been awesome. <laughs> oh, man. I go, to, I go to the gym almost every day with a friend of mine in recovery. Oh, cool. So we like keep each other centered and like oh, hang out. So cool. and when I do shows in Orange County, I usually bring my gym bag, go down early to beat the traffic, hit the gym, get cleaned up, do my shop. Oh, so I'll let you know. OK, yeah, sure. Yeah. 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 yeah awesome. I'm a firm believer. What's your what's your like exercise jam? Zumba. Oh, you're a Zumba I girl. Zumba. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Oh, mis caderas. Muevo mis caderas. <laughs> do you speak Spanish? No. Oh, okay. That's okay, though. <laughs> I'm, I'm learning. I'm learning as well. Congratulations. Yeah. You're going to master it before I do. You're doing better than me already. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to take a customer service call in Spanish the other day. I was like, ooh, not ready. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Sorry. Un momento, por favor. Un, un momento. Lo siento. <laughs> um... No, that's great. I, uh, I'm a yoga girl cause I oh, had okay. like, um, I have a back injury, but I look in it, I look in at Zumba and I put my hand on the window and I <laughs> like, I want it for myself, but I'm not allowed to twist. Oh, um, I the, uh, I saw the other day at LA fitness, Jared and I stopped. There's a hip hop dance class and in it, were the oldest people I have ever seen in a hip hop anything. Wow. They were so fucking old. One guy was like in jeans and another guy was in um, pajama pants. And I, Zara, they were killing it. <laughs> they were popping and locking and hitting all their steps. I was like, <gasps> like so there were people of all different, like, uh, like official, like, uh, skill levels but the old man in jeans in the middle was he looked like a jabberwocky i was so fucking impressed i was like i was like i need to take a video of this and bring it to my doctor and be like so this is my physical goal how do i get worked up to hip-hop dance class at the la fitness So I can be with these adorable old people that are just like, 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 like twerking, like getting it, like getting it. When I see those little old ladies doing Zumba in there, I'm just like, yes, mama, do it. I like, I'll stop near the dance classes because it gives me so much hope. I'm just like, yes, if that 85 year old lady can do it, so can I. Oh my God. I love it. 
Oh, yes. Exercise is so important. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's what we were talking about. Yes. It's just like, oh, what are we talking about? Yeah, yeah. Exercise. Yeah, do it. Do it. It's really good. Just it's, do it. I was just telling a comic the other day. She was last night. She was having a. She was having some struggling with some stuff, and I was like, "Do you have a gym membership?" She was like, "No," and I sent her a fourteen day pass. I was like, cool. "Go to the gym, girl. Like, get some get some uh, endorphins up in that brain. It changes everything." Okay. Yeah, I get it. That was yeah. actually how my um, how my anxiety came back. Is I used to wake up every day and I would run, and oh, then. Okay. I, my doctor told me not allowed to run anymore. Oh, never going to run again. And I used to teach karate. Oh. Can't do that anymore. So there's this whole physical identity that yeah. I was detached from all of a sudden that was like a source of confidence for me and also anxiety reduction and oh. like helps with depression stuff and like all of that. And then it just went away and I would try to rebuild it here and there. And now I'm just like surrendered to the fact that I got to be the kind of person who puts on their gym shoes first thing in the morning, go for a 30 minute walk with all the little old ladies in my neighborhood, just like power walking it out. You know what I mean? <laughs> but like that, that's, you know, it's again, it's like a surrender thing. It's like, yeah. what kind of quality of life do I want to have? I know I can operate at a really high level emotionally and comedically if I take care of my body. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mind and body come first. You can't really do without those. No. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're so important. You see people and they're like, oh, I'm struggling with anxiety. And you're like, how much caffeine do you drink in a day? They're like, holding a Red Bull. I once had a girl at a treatment center come to me and she was like, I need, I need my PRN for anxiety. And I was like, okay. And she's holding a Red Bull. That's the biggest can they make. You know, that one where yeah, you're yeah, like, this yeah. looks like a sex toy. Like that's <laughs> too big. Like what? That's too much caffeine. She had that one in her hand. I was like, how much water did you have to drink today? And she was like, I'm too busy to drink water. And I was like, you're too busy to drink water. To drink water. <laughs> You've been texting by a pool all morning. And she said, my mind is too busy to drink water. And I had to take a knee. I started laughing so hard. I was like, I'm sorry. I don't mean to shit. Hold on. I'll get you your PRN. But like, I was just like, that is not. Wow. <laughs> I was like, I've officially heard every excuse. <laughs> I adore you, but I just need you to play that back in your brain in about 20 minutes. I'm not shaming you, but wow. <laughs> That's why it's good. I don't work in that field anymore. I was starting to lose it by the end. I was just like, I can't <laughs> I'm just like walk away. Um, but yeah, that's, it's so important. Um, what is your like relationship with your higher power? If you have one, if you don't, it doesn't matter. There's no right yeah. or wrong. Well, I'm Muslim. Uh, so did you know that? No. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm Muslim. Oh, I think um, you mentioned in the TED talk. I think maybe no, at the very beginning, the very beginning. I'm yeah, you did. Like, I'm Muslim Pakistani. And then I only talked about mental illness for like, whatever. Is there a stigma in that community as far as like mental health? Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. And like the mosque is trying to work on it. Um, they have this mental health event every year where they have various panels and, um, talks given on mental health and they're trying to normalize it a bit. Uh, sometimes you have really backwards uncles that, um, like, okay. every culture has that backwards <laughs> uncle. Every culture has a TO where you're like, oh my God, sit down. <laughs> oh, um, well, on, I, well, okay. 
I should probably explain Pakistani people and British people, they call every elderly, every adult woman and auntie, auntie and uncle. Yeah, Latinos do that too. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Then yes. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of tios and lots of uncles and everything. Yeah. Um, like, like there a lot of the elderly ones are kind of against the whole mental health treatment, and they're mm-hmm. like, "Oh, you just need to focus more on God and things like that." Um, but I think the majority of Muslims are kind of against that and being like, "No, that's God gave us these treatments and these medications and whatever, uh, so we need to use them." So I think that's probably a minority, but. There's just a lot of stigma. Like my mom, she doesn't, she's really against this whole TED Talk thing. She watched it. She was really upset. Um, mm-hmm. In my TED Talk, I don't really talk about my um, alcohol abuse, but I mentioned at the very end that I have my sobriety. And she saw that and she called me over and she's like, you drank? Did you bring it in the home? And I was like, well, that's what you're concerned about? <laughs> Like, out of everything, aren't you concerned about my, like, just, what? And so, like, like it's just, and she'll bring it up, too. Yeah. Like, she'll, like, I said, like, oh, I'm going to be doing some comedy for some Muslims. And then, like, you guys can't see this, but, like, my dad was on the ladder and my mom was there. And she's like, what, are you going to be talking about that? <laughs> I think probably because she, to her, her home is her safe space, right? It's her domain. And for her, it's like a level of, it's a boundary. It's a safety violation for her. So that's probably why she's. Yeah. And I did not, for the record. For the record, no. Yeah. 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 Does she believe you? I hope so. She knows. I mean, I can't lie to her. Like, she knows that. She knows I'm not good with lying. She knows that I don't lie to her. That's good. I just will, like, evade questions. (laughs) Like, oh, where are you going tonight? Like, going to a comedy show. I'm like, oh, I'm going to hang out with friends. Yeah. Um, Because for a while, I kept comedy secret from my mom for, like, a year and a half. At least, like, I thought I did. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't tell her I was going. I would just be like, I'm going to hang out with friends. I'm not doing anything. I'm going to Toastmasters. That was, like, what I said I was doing instead of doing comedy. And then, like, one night I got home and she's like, oh, how did your comedy go? And I was like, she knew the whole time. That's so cute. <laughs> how did she know? Um, I think someone had mentioned it to her. Really? But she had just thought comedy and Toastmasters were the same thing. Adorable. So, like, when I said I was going to Toastmasters, she knew I was doing comedy, but, like, I thought I was telling her I was doing public speaking because I'm a a great daughter. Uh, But anyway, yeah, my mom's really upset about the mental health thing, the Muslim stuff, and she she said um, she doesn't want me to talk about it. You know, she's concerned that that uh, people will judge. Um, and then also she is not going to arrange my marriage anymore. Um, so I was like, wow, what a great punishment, mom. You really showed me. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, well, you get to live in 2019. <laughs> I hope you learn your lesson. <laughs> That's- have you watched Hassan Minaj's uh, special? I did. Yeah, I, I can it imagine. Like three times. Yeah, it's like like especially after my mom um, 
watch my talk. Like, I just, like, bought a t- ticket to Seattle, which was only 120 round trip. Nice. Uh, with fees and everything. And uh, I was on the plane right there and watched Hassan Minaj's thing again. And I was just like, I feel you because it's all about like, what will people think? What will people That's think? That's all Pakistani people care about. It's like what other Pakistani people think. Yeah. Which is just ridiculous. It's like, who gives a shit about what people think? Well, I mean, the inverse of that is if your community is important to your mom, someone's going to see that. Yeah. And it's not what will they think, it's how will it help them? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they'll see it and they'll be like, oh, it's okay to be Muslim and struggle with mental illness and to be open about it. Yeah. And that's so powerful. Yeah. That's I hope so. really amazing. Yeah. It's a big deal. Like, it's a big deal for, and we talk about it on my other podcast on Brouhaha. We talk about, like, mental illness in the Latino community. We have a really hard time talking about it sometimes. Mm-hmm. And and it's, um, you know, obviously we need, to, we need to have an open dialogue about it. So we talk about what we're going through in a really open way. Yeah. And I think it's important. You got, to, you, got a, you got a platform that's also a safe space to do that. So it's yeah. a really powerful tool. I think that... There's probably some little brown girls and little brown boys watching that right now being like, oh, okay, I'm not, I'm not broken. It's not, this is not a deficiency. I'm not, you know, I can talk about this and I can get help. Yeah. You know, like, I think that's a, it's a powerful thing. And, and your I mom will come, so. your mom will come around. <laughs> it sounds like she loves you a lot. Really? Yeah. <laughs> it does. It oh, sounds okay. like she loves you. I mean, you still live with them and it sounds like. She loves you in her way, you know? Yeah, that's true. She she's starting to laugh at some of my jokes. Oh, she came to watch my comedy <gasps> for the first time. Yeah, this was a couple weeks ago. Um, I do a show. Wait, can I promote? Yeah. Okay, I do a show called Minority Reports with the Z. Yes. And it's every... Uh, have you done that show? I have not. Okay, you should... I would show. love to do it. Yeah. Mona Shake runs it. So yeah. You should message her. Okay. Yeah. And um, that would be dope. And then we can be on the same stage Yay! together. So it's in Irvine uh, every Thursday at 7 p.m. And um, if you want discounted tickets, just go to Minority Reports with the Z dot com. Nice. Not like literally with the Z, but like M-I-N-O-R-I-T-Z. Yeah. Why? I spelled that wrong, okay, but that's okay. It's it's late, you know. It's Go- it's like Google Minority four p.m. four p.m. Google yeah. Minority Report yeah. and uh, yeah, with the Minority Report. Yes, yes. Okay. Anyway, so she came to that. Yes, and like my, I have an auntie. She's not related to me, but like she she came to watch me twice. Wow. Like, and then so she came with my mom a third time. But unfortunately, the show was like, like, it was so dirty. It was really dirty like, that night. The first guy was like, came up and he started talking about masturbation and he's doing act outs and everything. <gasps> and then the second girl goes up and she's talking about like, dick pics and she asked my mom like oh have you ever sent a titty pic no and like she didn't know it was my mom at the time but i feel like she probably would have done it anyway <laughs> looking at the audience and seeing this like nice little pakistani woman and you're like hey you ever sent a titty pic no no she hasn't <laughs> it's like you know she hasn't why are you like this 
<laughs> that's so funny and then uh i went up and i was like i addressed it i'm like yeah okay mom i know that like like people went up and talking about masturbation and titties but i'm here to keep it clean hilarious <laughs> and, um, she laughed at one of my jokes and i had a a 10 minute set <laughs> like she kind of like smiled politely and there was only one that really got the laugh and i was like all right good enough and then uh, then the headliner went up and was telling, like, shit jokes and, like, jokes about, like, <laughs> having sex with a fat guy. And I was just like, oh, my God. And my mom didn't say anything when I got home. So I was like, oh, okay, everything's good. And a couple weeks ago, um, a couple weeks later, she just kind of out of nowhere is like, why are you hanging out with, like, all this dirty <laughs> comedy? Why don't you just, like, come? I don't know. And just be like, stay Mom, at home. Unfortunately, yeah. I can't be on the all clean comedy <laughs> showcase, but thanks. <laughs> there are none. <laughs> I mean, like there's some, but yeah, not right now. <laughs> yeah. Somewhere out there. That's crazy. Yeah. It does sound like she really loves you and supports you. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. Her actions speak louder than her words. Yeah. Yeah. I believe you. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. What's what is one thing you'd like to give away on this podcast to somebody listening? Um, you get a cookie. You get a cookie. <laughs> you get a cookie, and that's all the cookies that are left. Um, what do I want to give away? What does that mean? Like, like what's one like a message a you want to give? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say right now that like if you're out there and you're struggling. Like, I'm, it doesn't matter to me how bad it is, how hopeless it is, hopeless it seems, how, how hard it is or anything like that. Like, I'm telling you right now that you can get better. Um, You have to put in the work to do it and you have to ask for help if people aren't helping you. But like, I really believe that you can get better. Uh, because I've seen so much growth, not only in myself, and but like I've met probably a thousand people with mental illness by this point, and I've seen them get better and change yeah. their lives dramatically. And I, I don't care like if you have the worst like schizophrenia in the entire world and you can't leave your home or you can't do anything like that. I'm telling you, you can you can get to a point where you can get better. Like I'm swearing that. Um, as long as you put in the work, ask for help. Like, I do believe you can get better. Yay. So yeah, that's me. I love that. Sarah, where do people find you? Um, you can find me on Instagram at mentally Muslim. You can go to my website, which is mentally Muslim.com. Love it. You can email me mentally muslim at (laughs) gmail.com you can go add me on facebook um well actually don't add me on facebook because i don't add people i don't know because i'm afraid of them and but you can add me on my facebook fan page which is facebook.com slash (gasps) mentally muslim mentally muslim oh that's amazing yeah and you can find me at anna via's phone on twitter and instagram you can also find me at annavalenzuela.com um you can email this podcast at 12qpod at gmail.com you can tweet at us at 12qpod um on twitter and instagram 
And Zara, if nobody's told you this today, I love you. Oh, I love you too. Oh, and and I love you who are listening. Most of you, probably. Exactly. That's what we're going to do. <laughs> and if you're listening to this today and nobody's told you this, we love you. Yeah. We Yay. love you. Bye. We love you. Okay. Bye. Have a good one. <laughs>